I put him first. He's the savior of my soul. He's the reason why I'm here today. <laughs> There's a song we used to sing, he made a way out of nowhere. I love that thing. He made a way out of nowhere. Meaning, I was at a dead end. <laughs> we also sing a song that says, he opens doors I cannot see. Can you imagine how frustrating that is to be in a room and you know there's a door but you can't find it. <laughs> like there's a way out but you can't find it. <laughs> but he made a way out of nowhere. Like I said, I've, I've been lost before. I've been on the road when I've been lost before and had that dread feeling that I'm gonna be here all night looking for my destination. And then you realize, oh, that's the sign I missed. I'm here to tell you that the Lord is flashing signs at you. He's telling you everything is gonna be all right. I just gotta have you believe the thing that he knows. From my perspective, all I can see is that I'm lost. <laughs> but from his perspective, he knows exactly where you are, where you've been, and how you're gonna get where you're going. I can only assume when an eagle is looking at the world, that he has a completely different perspective. Yes, he does. Because he's way higher up. Yes. See, when I'm on the road, all I see is what's in front of me. But when an eagle is flying, I've been told that they can see a rabbit three miles away. Which means he knows where he's going way before he gets there. Now, I'm more like the rabbit who's in the ground and can't see anything. But my God's like the eagle. And just having 20-20 vision of everything that's going on. You know what part of our fear is? Part of our fear is that we don't know. We're frustrated by the mystery. On journeys we've been on, we're okay with those. If I get a little bit lost on a journey I've already done, easy, I've done this lots of times before. But when you're going to a destination you've never been, it can get, in it can get intimidating. Tomorrow we've never arrived at tomorrow. Meaning we're on the journey of life perpetually. Amen, amen, amen. Right, we can, so it's always a mystery what's gonna happen tomorrow. Yes, sir, yes, sir. But I'm here to tell you his point of view. Yes, sir, his point of view. Oh, my. Yes, sir. His point of view, not yours. You're just still seeing right now. But my God is like the eagle. Sitting over your life, seeing not just what you've been through, seeing not just what you're into, but seeing what's coming down the road. I'm not going to be afraid if he sees. Yeah, I'd be afraid if I'm the only one seeing because I'm going to get distracted at some point. But he sees and he never sleeps and he never slumbers. I am so glad about the Savior we serve. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so happy to be in your presence again. God is good, isn't he? I will always say God is good. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to say he's good. 
Thank you. He's good to me. Some of the things I'm going through don't feel good, but they certainly will work for my good. You know, where I am right now isn't where I'm supposed to be, but I know it's going to work for my good. Amen. You know, when people are athletes and they're working out, I know that they can't enjoy that part. Like getting up at four o'clock in the morning, working out as hard as you can. No one sees that part. But when you get on the medal stand at the end, you, say, you start to realize, you know what, that working out at four o'clock in the morning was totally worth it. Your perspective, you're still on the working out part and it feels tough. You're like, why am I still working out? But there is a prize at the end of this goal, at the end of this journey. One that will not fade away. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so grateful to be in the house of the Lord with you all today. I am, I've been preaching for a while now on this idea of uh, the, the shepherds of the flock. Using that to talk about Jesus, the shepherd of us, to talk about that from the perspective of shepherding each other and what it is to be a sh good shepherd to each other. And I wanted to bring, this might be my final week on this particular topic, but I wanted to, to talk about this from the perspective of why it is that you have to be shepherds. I've told you what to do to be shepherds, but I, I didn't really get into the why of you have to be shepherds. And I'm gonna really quickly ask you to turn your scriptures to Romans 15 and verse one. It's just one single verse, one single verse, Romans 15 verse one. And it reads thus, we then that are strong, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities, then the word for infirmities, this is an old word, but we still use it today. It's not meant to mean your, your actual literal sicknesses, but it's meant to suggest your weaknesses. We then who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. It's very deliberate in the, the, the direction of who's bearing whose burden. The weak aren't to bear the strong's burden. <laughs> See, in this, today's world, we, we often, what I'm starting to realize is that there's two sets of kind of people. There are ones who are being preyed upon, and there are ones who are doing the praying. The ones that are doing the attacking, not praying literally, literally the, the attacking, right? And we tend to think of, this society helps us to think of weak folks as people we can take advantage of. The scriptures doesn't suggest it like that. In fact, it suggests that the ones who are strong have a responsibility to the ones that are weak, not the other way around. It's a frustrating to me when folks in the, in the church are really committed and strong, get frustrated by those who are not. And I need you to, to turn around that attitude a little bit and that we have to be patient and strong towards them. Not the other, the job isn't to get them to be patient with us. The job is for you that who are strong to give some of your strength to those who are not strong. That's a tough responsibility. And you know the only thing he suggested that, uh, that qualifies you to lend strength is having strength. If you've got some, that means we've got some. If you've got some strength, if you've got some joy, that should mean we all got some strength and we all got some joy. 
You know, today, this whole week, um, I, I was thinking about this. Um, I'm so glad about this, by the way, having these this, this, this scriptures. and the, th So thank you so much for everybody who got involved with that. But I was thinking about it. I can't spend my whole week thinking about songs. I need somebody with some energy and some creativity, some spirituality to give me the strength so that when we get here Sunday, like that's not the burden. But now, when it comes to the word, I'm, I'm, I'm charging myself up all week. That's the thing I'm bringing. You get what I'm saying? Like we've all got a strength we're going to bring. And because we're all bringing the strength, any weaknesses we have get covered up by the person standing next to us. I don't have to be the one to think about the, the, the six or seven wonderfully crafted and curated songs. That's not my job. <laughs> Somebody else, and not, note who I picked. The, the reason why we picked Sister Nia to do that, I'm sorry I don't want to embarrass you, but the, the reason why we picked Sister Nia to do that is for several reasons, right? First of all, she's enthusiastic. <laughs> Second of all, um, she's consistent, faithful. I have to, I'm not worrying about it all week thinking, oh man, she's not even giving this a second thought. She's giving it some consideration. And why do I say that? Because this lending of strength gives it back to the congregation. Now, the way the world wants you to think about that is, okay, if you've got this gift, how do you make money off it? How do we exploit somebody to give me more of what I already have? We think about it the other way round. Oh, you've got a strength, you've got a gift. How can we use that strength and that gift to lift us all up? It's a different strategy altogether. Oh, you want to tell me that you're, you're a great bike rider? I'm trying to figure out how we're going to use bike riding to deliver the message then. I want to use the thing that's strong in you to help everybody be strong. That's the responsibility. The way, the way the world takes this is now that I'm strong, how do I take milk from the weak? That's not how we do it here. It's the wrong way around. And you think, oh, Mark, you, I think you've, you've taken this out of context. Well, let's go back and look, shall we? Romans 14. We started in Romans 15. This is a little bit off script. Romans 14. I want you to go to Romans 14 and 13, please, for me. And it reads thus, Romans 14 and 13. So this is the prior chapter to the one verse I just read. Note how the verse I read just started. It says, we then, so he's making a statement based on what he just wrote. We then, because of what I just said, ought to bear the infirmities, the weaknesses of others, right? Let's go to verse 13. He says, what did he say? Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. We've been doing it, but let's stop right now. <laughs> but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. The thing I want you to be about, if you're going to do this, is to make sure we don't trip each other up. Whatever you have, I want to figure out how that can be made to make me strong, not how, to make, how it can be made to trip me up. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Paul is writing this letter to the Romans 
who describes himself as a the Jew among Jews. He describes himself as a teacher and a Pharisee of the order. And he talks about how his teacher was one of the best teachers that existed at that time. He is proud of his inheritance. He's proud of his heritage. He's proud of his culture. Rightly so. Good for you. But he's telling them something interesting in, the, in this verse to the Romans. He's saying, the thing I want you to look at is, of itself, things are not necessarily bad. <laughs> and he's going to go on. He says, he says, but if thy brother be grieved when, in verse 15, with thy meat, now walkest thou not incharitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. He's used an interesting analogy here. He's saying, some people eat meat, some people eat plants and herbs. <laughs> if the one who eats meat does so in front of the guy who eats herbs and it offends him, you want to know how we figure out who really should do what? Whoever's the strong ought to bear the infirmity of the weak. That's what he's coming around to in chapter 15. He's looking at the situation, he's saying, well, meat's not really bad or good. It's for you what it is for you. I'm not going to quarrel with you if you're saying you want to be a vegetarian. Knock yourself out. It's not for me. I like my meat. Absolutely love it. But if you want to be it, go for it. Not only that, if you want to be it, I'll actually ask, I'll make sure if we're buying a meal that you can have vegetarian. Knock yourself out. I'm not going to create a situation where that becomes the thing that breaks us apart. I'm not going to put a stumbling block in front of you. Why? Because I believe I'm the stronger one in this relationship and I'm going to do what I can to support you. <laughs> so let us therefore follow after, sorry, let me go back to verse 16. Let not then your good, good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's all we want, is some joy in the Holy Ghost. You know what Paul is saying here to the Romans? You should be able to coexist even when there are fundamental differences with the how, how you approach. With the how you live, you should be able to make sure it works. And the burden of making sure it works is on who? Not on the weak. It's on the strong. That's where the responsibility lies. Why? Because you have the ability to bear it. Frankly, it just comes down to that. You see, your gift isn't a gift for you. If your gift was a gift for you, you could take it and just go and do what you want. But your gift is a gift for everybody else. It makes it a little bit more difficult to think about my gifts if the only thing I can do is think about it for myself. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat, it really isn't, and Christ is acceptable to, and sorry, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is, that in these things serve, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. He's basically saying, let's not worry about the things that make us different and let us unify on the Christ. He's the one that died for us all. Amen? He says, verse uh, 19, uh, verse 20, for meat destroy not the work of God. All things are, in, are indeed in, are pure. 
but is evil for the man that who eateth with offence. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. So now Paul takes it a step further. He says it's better that we don't offend each other at all. Yes. Right? Yes, so if I can help it and you come to my house and you're a vegetarian, maybe, maybe I'll, try, I'll put my chicken away until you leave. I'll put my slice of steak away until you leave, then I will consume what I have prepared for me. I want to just live peaceably with the joy of the Holy Ghost with you. But sometimes I think we think our strengths are for us, and so we don't look at the com our strengths with the community in mind, with the church in mind. And I want you to think about it with others in mind. I'm really talented at typing. How can I help the church with typing? Oh, I'm really talented at computers. How can I help the church with compute? Whatever it is you think you have, you've got to think about how that relates to how you can help the people of God. We're going to be complete because we're going to be covering up and making good on the weaknesses we have. Gosh, the part where I can't do it, you're going to step up and do it. I surely can't do everything, but I can do something really well. And where I'm missing, you're going to fill the gap. Yes, Amen. First 20, for me destroy not the work of God. There's no possible way that me being a vegetarian or not is going to destroy the work of God. It's not possible. All things are indeed pure, but it is evil for the, for the man that who eateth with offense. Some things you can't get out of your head. And if for you eating meat is offensive, I, I understand. It's tough to get it out of your head once it's there. <laughs> it, is ne it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? To figure out how he can have faith so that you can make it. He's saying... Right? They've taken a vow of the Nazarene, which means they can't cut their hair, they can't touch dead bodies, they can't touch dead animals, actually. They can't, there's a bunch of stuff they can't do, and this is a vow of the Nazarene. And it, it's a particular kind of dedication. More power to them. I think they only drink, eat a particular diet too. They're only specific things they can eat. I think on the, the specific uh, day of the, it comes off the vine, only then can they drink it. That's a lot. But they've decided to make that the thing that they dedicate to God and more power to you. Yes. My faith doesn't require me to take the vow of the Nazarene. <laughs> but I certainly don't have to put a stumbling block in front of you if that's what you want to do. Amen? Amen. I can coexist with everybody who's taken the vow of the Nazarene because my God is at the center of my faith. How hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned, if the, he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatever you're doing, do it believing on the Lord Jesus. Amen. Commit to it based on the Lord. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and do it for yourself. Hast thou faith? Do it for you. 
Verse 15 then, that's when we get to verse 15. He's talked about these folks who are doing different, slightly different things. And then we get to verse 15, verse one, and what does he say? We, them that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. It's gonna come down to it where somebody's not gonna see eye to eye on how they do it. And we that are strong have the responsibility to bear the infirmities of the weak. Somebody who can't figure it out for themselves, somebody who can't quite do it. We are the ones who have to bear their burdens. And that's a tough, but that's what it's to be, a shepherd. Yes, sir. We all want to be shepherds until we realize that it requires work of you. <laughs> the frustration is that we see the sheep and the scripture tells us, I mean, even the scripture kind of tells us, it says, we like sheep have gone astray. Meaning there is a certain characteristics of sheep that they naturally just wander away. So when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he was also speaking about his own nature, not just the Lord's. He was saying to him, Lord, you know what? I actually know what kind of person I am. I'm liable to completely walk off the reservation. Like I'm liable to become, and I need you to be my shepherd. So it's not just he's talking about the Lord, he was talking about himself. And we need to acknowledge that to the Lord sometimes, say, Lord, I need you to be my shepherd because I've been here before and I know what I've done in the past. I need you to be the buffer on either side of me because the last time I was in this, in this position, I wandered straight into the valley and I couldn't get out. We are acknowledging to the Lord, yes, you're my shepherd, but I'm a sheep and I'm just liable to mess around and get in the wrong position, in the wrong place. He said in Psalms 23, your hand holds me and guides me. Let me go, let me go to First um, Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. First Peter 2, in fact, can somebody read First Peter 2 verses 1 and 2? For me. Wherefore, yep. laying aside all malice and all guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speaking. So, P Peter here is actually speaking to the general population of the church. When I was talking to you before from Timothy, Paul was talking to Timothy, the leader, the young leader of the church. This is a slightly different angle now. He's talking to the church, to the general population of the church and in first Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 he's talking to the general church he's not pointing out particular leaders he's talking about how sheep have to be in relation to the shepherd you have a shepherd in Christ Jesus but it also requires you as sheep to be a certain particular kind of way and here he is in verse 1 and just read it for me again so wherefore laying aside all malice yep. all guile yep. and Hypocrisies yep. and envies and all evils. So he's saying, look, first to get on the same page, you have to lay aside some burdens that you're carrying right now. Let's start with deceit. Let's start with malice. Yeah? Let's start with hypocrisy. Saying one thing and doing another thing. You've got to put it down. The whole lying bit, the whole kind of deception bit, you've got to put it down, the guile bit. Malice, oh gosh, you're going to hurt yourselves and each other if you're trying to carry malice into this relationship. If you want to be good sheep, 
You're going to have to get rid of that. Let's keep going. Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk. Yes. Here we go. Now we're starting to understand what it is to be good sheep. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> keep, read that one more time from again. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. In order to kind of get closer to your relationship with each other and to the shepherd, you have to desire the good thing that the shepherd is giving you. Like some sheep, I imagine, are worse than others when it comes to leaving the flock. This is why we have the story of the 90 and 9. And the one that goes astray, that one that has an inclination, some for some reason, to leave the safety of the herd. There is a natural thing, a herd mentality, we kind of think about that as a negative thing. Um, you know, as they say in the news, you get that herd mentality, just going along with everybody else. But there's a reason why herds stick together in nature. The truth is that when you have one predator going after 500 um, herd animals, the chances of any one of them getting taken is much lower the more they are together. Now, if one of them just happens to stray away, it's as good as dead. Yes, but you have a whole bunch of animals together and one lion comes. In fact, I saw this, this weird thing in, in, Afri in this African kind of documentary. We saw this herd of wildebeest, right? And they all took off running. This lion was chasing them. And one stopped and faced the lion. And then the others stopped and faced the lion too. And all of a sudden, the lion was confused. Like he had no idea what to do. He's like, this isn't how this went last week. He was like, how, how am I supposed to? But the herd together is stronger than they are by themselves. You go off by yourselves, you're liable to get hurt. But you have to come together. That's where your strength is. That way, when the weak ones and this is the other thing, the musk ox in, the, in Antarctic, they're, they're, they're these huge creatures. Um, and they're big, kind of cow-looking things with huge horns, right? Lots of hair coming down. They're huge. And what they used to do um, is they would have the calves that were young, and they would put the calves in the middle, and the adults would form a ring around the young and the old. They would be in the middle. What they were doing was the ones that were strong were bearing the infirmity yes. of the weak. The calves couldn't come to the front of the line, they're too young for that. But the adults could, and the wolves that were coming after these muskox, they just, there's nothing they can do. They knew what they wanted to get, but the strongs were bearing the infirmities of the weak. <laughs> Sometimes I think we think we should let people just lose to do what they want, and that's not what scripture's telling us. That's not what it's telling us. Oh, they know, should know better by now. Maybe, but if you've got some strength, if you've got sufficient strength, you've got to bear some of that burden for them. You say, well, why should I? Because you are strong. That's why you're already strong. You're strong enough to take care of you. You've been strong enough to take care of you. That gift that you've been given isn't just for you. The gift that you've given wasn't to enrich you. It was to enrich everybody else. It's easy to think about this in terms of song because, you know, uh, some of us might sing better than others. My job is to help you. You know what this does back here? I never remember the words to anything. 
I never do. And I purposefully now don't even try. Because I know Nia's gonna give me the words. She's bearing my infirmity. I'm looking now, I'm sitting here looking around her trying to get the words. Oh, I, that's, what the, that's what we're singing this whole time? Excellent, now I love the song. She's bearing my infirmity. I'm gonna be honest, some of us don't read the word as much as we should. But I'm also gonna tell you this, I'm gonna read it. And I'm gonna come here every Sunday with the new word, fresh word, every Sunday. So if you haven't read it this week, don't you worry, Brother Down is in his word, figuring it out. Praying the Lord bless him to give me something to give to you. <laughs> Some of us aren't praying enough, but I can guarantee you what happened this week. My wife was on, literally on her knees praying for you. I can absolutely get, I don't even have to ask. She, I know she was. Whatever strength you have, it is not for you, it's for me. Help me with your strength. Amen? Trust me, you have one. It's here. Man, we're giving gifts upon gifts in the church and we need to use them for each other. That's what it is to be a shepherd. That's what it is to be a lover of the church. It is to love your brother. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me go back to that verse, um, chapter, go to verse one and verse two again for me, Wherefore, sir. Wherefore, laying aside all malice. And you can't help somebody if you hate them. Let me just be, let me just get that cleared up right now. We have to love each other. That's why he's telling him right here, just lay aside your malice. You can't even, in fact, you can't even feed yourself if you're mad. I don't know if you've ever been, <laughs> happens to me all the time. If you've been too, get too mad and you were hungry, and you don't even now want to eat because you're so mad, you are now literally hurting yourself because you're so upset. Let that malice go and get you something to eat. Let go of that frustration. Feed yourself. <laughs> Isn't it true? We've got to let go of the things that are inevitably coming back to hurt us. If we're bearing each other's strength, we will get further. There's a saying, there's an African proverb I love. If you want to go somewhere fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. Like if you want to go fast, that's fair enough. You're like a short distance and you're just going down the road, go by yourself. Don't call me, I'll make you late. But if you're trying to go really, really far, let's get our resources together and bear each other's burdens as we go. Because you're bound to have forgotten something and I'm going to pull it out and say, yeah, you know what, I've got that. Yeah, should we good. Let's just keep going. We're good. My, you know, my, I've run out of money. Well, I've got some, so let's just keep going. Our resources make each other stronger. Let's be honest. If this was just me in here, I'd have quit. But every time y'all show up, I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. Your strength is helping me. My strength should be helping you. <laughs> In, in Romans 14, it's basically saying, even though you're different, even though you're different, you should figure out a way to make it work. Don't try to sit there putting stumbling blocks in front of each other. Take those out of the way. Let's move together. And if you want to figure out how we're going to figure out the dispute, the strong is going to bear the weak. 
Let's just read those last two verses out and I'll take my seat. Wherefore, lay aside all malice and all guile. If you, if you, I'm going to jump in here again. All guile. If you're trying to convince me that you're strong and you're not, you're not going to help me at all. Like, (laughs) guile is me tricking you into thinking one thing when it's really the other. I don't need you to appear strong when you're weak. I need to be honest. No need any guile. My job isn't to judge you on whether you're weak based on Romans 14. My job isn't to judge your weakness. My job is to tease the strength out and give you some of my strength at the same time. That's my whole job. So don't, you don't have to trick me into thinking you're somewhere where you're not. What we have to do is be honest with each other. This is where we are. This is where I need help, and this is where I can help. Yes. Amen? Amen? Let's keep going. And all guile and hypocrisies and envies. Let me, and jump, let me jump on the envies real quick. <laughs> what makes this whole thing work is if we have each other's good intentions in mind. It can't work if I'm frustrated by your strength that is also helping me. That can't be the way this works. Like if I'm jealous that Sister Nia can sing better than me while needing her to sing better than me, that, that, that just doesn't work, right? I've got to be thankful for what she has and say, oh, well, this is where I don't have to worry, but this is where I'm going to bring my strength next week, <laughs> right? No, Envy's not going to make that work. Envy says I've got to somehow undermine her in order for me to feel better, and I won't do it. We've got to get rid of the envy, the malice, the guile, the hypocrisy. We've got to get rid of it so that we can work together. There's a game, I'm going to take my seat here in a second, but there's a game that the kids play that, that, that they do to kind of build kind of camaraderie between kids. I, I saw them do it a few times. What they do is you have the children stand in a circle, perfect circle, back to back, all in a perfect circle. You then, at the same time, sit down on the knees of the person who's right behind you. But the thing with this thing, if you do it, it, time it perfectly, everybody sits down, everybody's bearing the person in front of them while being bored. You see how it works? They all sit down at the same time. Now, if one person moves, it ruins the whole thing. If one person does it slowly, it ruins the whole thing. If you don't sit down at the exact same time, we all have to be on the same page for it to work. Does that make sense? We all have to be on the same page for it to work. But frankly, even when we're not exactly on the same page, the ones who are strong have to do two jobs maybe, but we will make it work. I want you to be good shepherds to each other. Lend each other your strength your consistency, your faithfulness, your love, your patience, just the, your joy. Just when you come into a room, sometimes I just need to see that you're happy today and that's gonna be a lend to me because I'm down today. I just need your help, you need my help. Let's be shepherds to each other. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. In the name of the Lord Jesus.